0: Welcome, everyone. I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media with the latest installment of the Housing Wire Daily Podcast, where our editors and reporters discuss the most compelling stories and sources they're covering. Today my guest is Tracy Belt, the Editorial Director at real Trends, and we're going to talk about real estate M&A, the shakeup and leadership at Remax, the drama over buyer agent commissions, and more. But first, here's a word from our sponsor.
1: This episode is sponsored by Maverick Solutions. First Guarantee Mortgage Corporation's proprietary suite of non-agency and non-QM products. When you need a lender that can handle the unique needs of today's borrowers, look to FGMC and Maverick Solutions. Whether your client requires flexible income documentation, is a first-time investor, has experienced credit challenges, or needs a jumbo option, Maverick Solutions has got you covered. Maverick Solutions products are available through wholesale and non-delegated delivery. Learn more about Maverick Solutions at fgmc.com maverick. First Guarantee Mortgage Corporation and MLS ID 2917 5800 Tennyson Parkway, Suite 450, Plano, Texas, 75024.
0: Tracy, welcome to Housing Wire Daily. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been such a busy week for real estate news. Like so much is happening. Uh, we're going to get into all of it. But from your perspective,
1: what's the biggest headline over the last seven days? You know, it's really hard to decide the biggest one. I am going to go with um, the REMAX holding CEO, Adam Contos, stepping down as of March, uh, the end of March. And a board member, Stephen Joyce, is um, going to be appointed the interim CEO while they form a search committee for the new CEO. And I think a lot of people are really speculating that Nick Bailey, who heads up the REMAX LLC, which is their realty side Um, will be taking over that position. But we've really heard that Nick is happy in the position that he is. They've expanded his opportunities there and they're looking for outside leaders for that position. And I totally believe that um, Adam Contos has been very open about why he's leaving to spend more time with his family. But I'm expecting news of him um, popping up in the next, I don't know, within the next year, about new ventures that he's working on. So I don't think he's gone for good. Maybe gone from Remax, but not gone for good. Interesting insight
0: there. We will definitely be looking. I think. I think the Nick, um, the conversation around Nick is because in some ways he's a much more public-facing person. I think that'll
1: continue. Um, You know, Nick is really uh, very knowledgeable, very good in the spotlight. He's been with REMAX for a long time with a short stint as the CEO of Century 21. Um, But the realty side is huge and he's got a cut out for them. They recently took over um one of their franchise, the Remax Integra, which they brought back into the company owned fold. And he's um, he's managing all of that. So so I, um, I I expect they're going to be looking for someone different to to manage holdings. It's going to
0: be really interesting to look at. Um, you mentioned the HomeSmart IPO. Well, yes. you know, tell us about
1: that. So, Homesmart was founded in 2000 by Matt Widows, and they're they've always touted themselves as a technology-based um, real estate company. They were ranked a number seven by closed transaction sides and number ten by sales volume in the 2021 Real Trends 500 Broker Rankings, which is which is very high. Um, if all goes according to plan, the firm will be trading on the Nasdaq and. Um, you know, we have seen a lot of real estate companies going public in the last couple of years. The most recent was Compass. Uh, the year before, we saw Fathom Realty and Open Door. Um, one people are speculating about, but time will tell, is Keller Williams. I I mean, they're one of the big ones that has that, you know, they haven't gone public yet. Um, they're pretty close lip about it. So so we don't really know. But but yeah, we we expect that they are going public um to facilitate their m a and their growth, so so yeah, over the last year, we saw
0: a lot of um mortgage companies go public as well, mm-hmm. and so you know from a mortgage side, it's it's been interesting for us because we're like, we know this this is a cycle, right? yeah, real estate's a cycle, mortgage is a cycle, mm-hmm. and so you go, how do those how do those companies plan on delivering? you know, value to their shareholders when we're not in this kind of crazy market. And and really even looking at the rest of this year, inventory is still going to be such a problem. You know, does that ever come up? Like, how how does this work, you know, a year from now, two years from now?
1: You know, the the thing about real estate is that, um, you know, people assume that the market share is dominated by these really large companies, but that's not true. Only, um, in of the Real Trends 500 largest brokers in the country, um, they only ha- capture 38% of the market share. So there's a lot of growth opportunity for these companies, no matter what the market holds. So I think that um, they'll be competing. HomeSmart will be competing against a lot of larger companies for money, for sure. So that'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But but there's a lot of room to grow. In the real estate uh, market, that's a really interesting point. That you know, yes, okay. So, so
0: the pie is the you know the pie might be finite because of inventory, or whatever. But like mm-hmm. the pieces of the pie are still very much up for grabs.
1: Right. Definitely.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, So, you know, that kind of leads into our next
1: thing, which is Realty Consolidation. So, you know, the the beginning of the year is always a big time of change for, for a lot of brokers. They close a lot of transactions at the end of December and then announce them in January. And I know Homesmart. Recently acquired a company in Houston. United Real Estate acquired another brokerage, a huge market right now. Um, Nashville-based Park Realty acquired three different independents, and then Home Services America closed on five different transactions at the end of December. Four of them were real estate brokerages, and two of which were actually Berkshire Hathaway franchises that are now being brought into the company fold, and. A lot of um, I've been getting a lot of questions from brokers on, you know, what's going on? Is this good? Is this bad? Um, you know, it's actually it's actually a very positive thing. There's a lot of money available to purchase uh, brokerage firms right now. And we're seeing it from a lot of different places more than we have in the past. Um, you've, of course, got home services and um Realogy and you know several different compass that that are looking to acquire companies, but you've also got Peerage and Karen real estate which are, they're not necessarily public equity um, companies, but they they have a lot of, of money to put into the real estate brokerage. And they're not always purchasing 100% of these brokers either. Some of them are only purchasing a portion of them in order to help them grow. So I think it's positive. There are, there are a lot of different players and they're all really interested in banking on the future of real estate brokerage. Um, They all think it's a great place to be. So I think it's a a really good thing for you.
0: Interesting insight there. You know, you wrote a, um, use um, for our December, January magazine about that kind of ghost is. have you clearly defined your brokerage's value proposition? Right. And to me, part of that is like, whether that's, you know, you're growing or you're trying to attract investment or, you know, trying to go public with that kind of thing, but maybe walk us through some of that. One, one of the biggest things he said was like kind of the emerging new business models.
1: Yes. There, I mean, there's a lot of different, different things. Of course we've got all of these innovative financing models right now, like knock and easy knock and zavy And, um, what I'm seeing is that, you know, you've got your core services of mortgage title insurance. And I believe that the consumers are asking for some of these other options and that's going to be brought into the real estate brokerage as another core service. Um, you know, we've got the private equity, there's a lot of money coming in that way, not necessarily going public, but um, raising raising capital for a lot of these brokerages. Um, a lot of that is to either grow through their the use of their technology suite or, or build their own technology suite or grow through um, mergers and acquisitions. Um, and a big focus I see is on agent productivity, boosting agent productivity. And um that would be more of an in-house type of thing that that they would be doing, um, providing leads and and really um helping their agents. You've written a lot about how you know that agent productivity
0: is is dependent, like you said, on a lot of the technology that these companies are investing in. Yeah. And it it to me really points out like how do you as, as a smaller shopper or you know a, a smaller brokerage compete against these big shops that, that can invest in that kind of technology.
1: You know, the, the, it is about defining your value proposition because there, there's room for the boutique shops and the smaller brokers in the business. Um, you know, the, the idea is you have to define whether you want to be that small boutique shop that really focuses on a niche or you want to be that, that big, um, you know, growing office um, or offices and I think the people in the middle are the ones who are going to feel the squeeze the most. Um, you can be in the, in the middle size-wise, but be a boutique niche, have a boutique niche market and do really well. Really interesting insights there. You know, I think it's um, notable to me that you brought up
0: titles. And some of those other things, because one mm-hmm. of the biggest trends from my perspective in, in across mortgage and real estate. So, you know, housing, where we're trying to be all things housing, we're trying to cover all things housing. So one of the reasons we bought Real Trends um, and brought you on board and Steve Murray and, and, and others, that's such a great uh, you guys have such a great business. Title is one of those things that it's been really hard for me to know. Should it be in mortgage or should it be in real estate? Like when, when we cover title, should it go on housing? Or should it go on real trends? Because the lines are so blurry now and you have, you know, whereas mostly it's real estate people saying, here's who, I, who we use for title. But but yet you have mortgage companies, real estate companies, all merging, right? All trying to get to that end-to-end transaction,
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the lines are merged. I don't know that you can necessarily um, decide one or the other, to be honest with you. I know that title has the highest capture rate within a brokerage, um, generally because consumers don't always shop around for title. Um, it's one of those things that's easy to just say, okay, that's what I want. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think more and more brokers are building those one, one-stop shops that are going to include title mortgage insurance and other services, concierge services and relocation services and, and um, the financial services, which might be rolled into what their mortgage company is offering, um, depending. So Yeah we and we see you know to me i
0: i ask different people that i've been interviewing you know who's going to get there first who who's the one that's going to really solve this puzzle of that intent transaction as far as buying a home and is that going to be you know a real estate company that goes into mortgages and mortgage that's that's bought a real estate company what does it look like and i would love to get your your opinion on that yeah
1: you know it, it's hard to say because most of the The mortgage companies are um, doing it a little bit differently. The mortgage companies that are going into real estate, um, they're hiring salaried agents so that they can control um, the transaction because they're salaried. And most other than Redfin, most brokers are not, they're not, they're still going with the independent contractor model. So it's hard to say. I mean, I think that a lot of the mortgage companies are going into real estate in order to get that um, referral business through the real estate agents, because they know that the real estate agents are the ones who are out there all the time developing those relationships. Whereas the mortgage, you might get a mortgage every, you know, whatever, you know, seven years, I guess, seven to 10 years, um, or refinance, but in real estate, they're consistently staying in touch with, with people, um, you know, even if they're not ready to buy. So they're building more relationships rather than just trying to, um, reach them, you know, every, every couple of years or so. And they're hoping to capitalize on that, relationship business. That's
0: such a great point, especially, uh, this year and, and most of last year We're we're really now, especially in a purchase market, I mean, refi, we're seeing rates go up. We just, we just wrote a story this morning, rates are going up. And also, I mean, you've just refied almost everybody who, who would have been a good candidate already. And so you've got, you know, the purchase market is going to be, it. and the purchase is all about referrals. It's all about yeah. that business with the real estate agents. It makes total sense. Right. Um, you know, that, that, that partnership becomes more important than ever.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: You know, the last thing I wanted to ask you, Tracy was like, um, real trends does some great research around which, you know, which brokerages are on top, which agents are on top. And I would love for you to, to talk about that, um, as it relates to what we've been talking about with the brokerages,
1: what you see in some of those, those top brokerages and, and how that relates. Um, sure. You know the rankings are opening right now. So for the Real Trends 500, which is the top brokerages in the country, and then the also the Real Trends, the Thousand in America's Best, which is the top real estate agents and teams in the country. So the data we have is really from last year right now. And of the brokerages, they actually increased market share by I, I don't remember the exact amount, but it was a record amount. Um, you know, I think that was a lot due to the market, but we also do a lot of other research, um, you know, with right now we're working on an, an agent productivity, um, study that will look at the, over the 10 year data of, of the, some of the 500 companies talking about, you know, who is the most productive on a per agent, um, standpoint in growth. And that'll, be really interesting to note too. And um, we also do some benchmarking. Um, actually, RTC Consulting does the benchmarking, but they share some of that data with us on um, on growth and um, advertising costs, marketing costs, so that brokers can benchmark what they're spending compared to others. Um, I'm not sure if I answered your question or not, but...
0: <laughs> no, you did. Cause I was really, I was really looking just to give our audience a little bit more of a, of a feel for what you guys do. And the fact that, I mean,
1: your data goes back how many years? Oh gosh. Um, I think for the broker rankings, it's more than 20 years, um, for the agent rankings, it's the same. So, uh, I think I can't even remember We're I think we're in our like 30th year or something like that. So, Um, We have a lot of data and it's interesting because there are a lot of new companies that we don't even that you would think would be in the 10 year, but we don't have 10 years worth of data on them. Um, In fact, last year was the first year that we had enough data from EXP and from Compass to um, pull them into our game changers, which is a five year growth. Um, of tra- percentage transaction sides. Um, we we picked 15 who had the highest growth um, percentage transaction sides. And people were shocked that the year before they weren't even on the list, uh, but we didn't have enough data on them yet. So, so there's a lot of new players. I, I fully expect to see a lot more coming up. So it'll be really interesting. A lot of changes this year, I think. Um, I think we're gonna have some surprises um, as well in the industry.
0: This is gonna. This is such an uh, pivotal year. I, I said that the last two years, but but it is true. So much yeah. is changing. You know that this was a, you know we are we are a cyclical mm-hmm. industry, but still, even given that, so much and and I feel like a lot of it is what you referenced before is just the introduction of technology, and and really the innovation and like what is yeah. a brokerage and and how do we best compete and all those. You know one of the things that um, we. On a regular basis, we talk about agents jumping ship to, to different shops. So we had a little bit
1: of that news this this week. Is that something that you see typically at this time of year? A lot of agents will close out their 2021 books and then move to a different brokerage. Uh, we see it a, a lot with teams, um, not always the top teams, but li- this year it seems like several top teams have, have moved um, brokerages. But we definitely see a lot of movement at the beginning of the year. It's kind of the same with with brokers, um, you know, brokerages purchasing other offices or other companies. Um, It just seems to be the time of year to do it. So, yeah.
0: That we're always interested in that, seeing who's moving where. And, you know, for for we, we don't always know the reasons either, right? It doesn't mean that, that one's better than the other. And, and then sometimes a, a year later, they go back. So we never know. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and needs change. I mean, they might be looking for something a little different, or they might be looking to um, grow a little faster than they're growing. And there's some service offered by a different brokerage that they feel they can use to their advantage. So
0: yeah well let's um let's end this out with talking about buyer agent commissions and all the drama going on about that. Can you give us some background on on what's going on there with nar
1: so basically, there is an antitrust lawsuit um that was put forth by some home buyers and sellers, and it is specifically about buyers brokers are not um they're not disclosing the commissions that are paid to them. And that's because the listing broker offers the commissions to buyer broker through the MLS. Um, And buyer buyer brokers in the past have, I, I haven't heard this, but they have been advertising their services as free, but they are not free. The seller still pays for them. And recently, some unsealed court documents presented a big headache for um, Realogy Brokerage Group CEO and Coldwell Banker CEO Ryan Gorman. Um, In the document, he called for NAR to end the requirement that listing brokers offer commission to buyers brokers in order to submit listings to the MLS. Um, Now, Realogy, along with NAR, REMAX, Keller Williams, and Home Services of America are defendants in several antitrust lawsuits um, that want to have home buyers pay their broker directly rather than have the listing broker pay the buyer broker from um, what the seller pays. So Gorman was forced to defend that position, um, saying that Realty doesn't disagree with the cooperative compensation policy. They just don't want it to be mandatory. They would rather be voluntary. Um, and then he also went on to say that he believes by representation is extremely valuable now no one um um, no one else who was named a defendant in the lawsuit has spoken up for or against and uh really at the core of the issue is how much the public understands that commissions are negotiable um and that is something that that uh, is looking at and also several of these lawsuits so we'll see where that goes i was going to say what's the next step in
0: that are are we just right in the middle of rent plaintiffs and defendants
1: yeah, we're we're right in the middle of discovery right now with with that one. The DOJ, I'm not really sure where we are. They haven't completely made their position clear. Um, we we know they're looking at this cooperative compensation, but um, we, you know, at this point, I haven't heard of any action with that at this point. So so we're still in the middle of of those.
0: Well, we will be looking to you and the Real Trends team for for that coverage and, and for the continued coverage of all the exciting things that are happening in real estate. So, Tracy, thank you so much for being on Housing Wire Daily. Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwirecom forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great afternoon. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk daily. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. Make sure to tune in tomorrow.